But um, but I just I get excited for what the Lord is speaking. And me and my husband were were um, we went out of town for a little while yesterday and spent time together. And our heart yesterday was just about um, the prophetic and where God's taking us in the prophetic. And I know, you know, my upbringing, there was no prophetic, <laughs> even though it was in the word of God. Time and time again, the prophecies of the Old Testament that were in there, um, I, I just, we weren't taught and raised that way. But when I came to realize of a real relationship with Christ and that he was real and that, you know, we could have conversations with the Lord in relationship, it uh, opened up things for me more than I could ever imagine and not expecting it. So it was a stretch for me in the beginning, being prophetic, moving in the in the prophetic scene, um, seeing things, hearing things, not understanding them, and sometimes thinking, "Am I cuckoo? Am I crazy? Like, <laughs> what is all this about?" <laughs> because I was I was just taught to none of that stuff. So when the Lord opened that up to me. Um, I just felt like the love of the Father when it would come. And I think that's what helped transform me in the prophetic was that, you know, even even our, our worship team this morning, prophetically, they were singing at times. What is What does the prophetic really mean? And I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, prophecy stirs up hope. And, and I think that's why this generation has a hard time with believing in God and believing in the things of the Lord because they don't have an understanding what prophecy is and being prophetic and how it stirs up hope in us. You know, when I first came to the Lord, I was very hopeless. I was depressed. I didn't want to live anymore. I was 15 years old. I didn't know what a relationship with God was. And then somebody gave me a prophetic word of how they saw my future. And that's what the prophetic does. It comes in to hit you in your heart, to speak something different than what you were raised up in or taught, that you do have a purpose and a destiny for now. And let me tell you something. The world right now has so much junk out there for the psychics. And come so I can read you your cards. And come for the crystals, so this and this and that. And they have that aspect of, of the world stuff implanted in our youth and in our generations right now. And then you have to pay all these crazy amounts of money. Um, it's not just in that. It's people that are famous, you know, in Hollywood and all these places. And, and they're going to all these psychics and mediums and all these things. And, I'm, and, and that's such the counterfeit of what prophecy was supposed to look like. Because the real prophecy, <clears throat> when you're done with getting a prophetic word, your hope should be lifted up. At that very moment that you get a prophetic word, it comes and it penetrates your heart in such a way that there's no denying that he's real. That's the sole purpose of prophecy. It's like, you, it's like nobody knew what I was talking to him about last night. And then here comes a prophet telling you every bit of that, of what you talk to God in your bed by yourself, and nobody else knew. 
that rocks you. <laughs> it wakes you up. There's something inside of you that wakes up and becomes hungry for that. And you're like, wow, I'm, I, he really does see me. This past week, I think I saw like three different shows, and all the shows were talking about people saying, I see you. And I was like, God, you're so speaking through this because he sees each and every one of us. We are his sons and daughters. He loves us. He sees you. He sees you in your struggle. He sees you in the things you're having a hard time with. He sees every bit of you. He saw you before you were born. When you were being created in your mother's womb, he saw you. He knows what your life was created for. Do you know how many people say, I don't know why I'm here. I'm so lost. I'm so confused. I don't know what my purpose is here on the earth. That's, that's just an opening for the enemy to come in and lie to you. But God has a purpose and a destiny for each and every one of us. And a lot of it is revealed to us in the prophetic, if we allow it to. So I know I, lately here, you know, we've been doing our prophetic classes on Thursday nights. And if you haven't come, jump into it. They're, each one of them are different. I've had people come to the class, and they're different every single time we have them. We have them on purpose because we're stirring up something inside of you that is from the Lord. It's like heaven coming and stirring up these living waters in your belly for you to hunger and want more. When you see how evident that he is real in your life, it causes you to want more. Okay? <laughs> taste and see that he's good, right? That's part of the taste and see that he's good. You know, and um, <laughs> it's, I, I started thinking about this morning. We have moments in our life where we feel at times that we need a prophetic word. And we, and, and we want, and, and it, it always comes. Your want of your prophetic word always comes when you're tired and you're weary and you want to give up. Okay? <laughs> desperation hits your heart and you're like God if you don't show up right now if I don't hear something from heaven if I don't know that you're real at this moment of my life I'm, I'm done I'm gonna walk away I'm gonna go live some kind of other life I know I've been there lots of times and just because you're in ministry doesn't mean it changes you still have those moments I'm, I'm just being transparent you know and so you process through that. The desire for prophecy was given to us years ago. Our desire for, for prophecy didn't just happen in a now generation. It happened years ago because there was a connection with heaven and earth for your purpose and destiny that we need to hear a word from heaven to confirm to us so we can get back on track where we're supposed to be in our life and our path with him. Amen. That's the key right there. I'm going to give you a prophetic word to put you back where you're supposed to be because you've gone too far by yourself. You've gone too, too far. And now I'm going to send something to you 
to penetrate your heart that you know that I love you, that I'm with you, that I'm here for you, and then I'm going to pull you back into the kingdom of God so that way you can know which way to go. The direction comes from heaven. We came out of a very prophetic house. That was a big stretch for me, like I said. (laughs) I didn't know what prophecy was. I didn't know what the prophetic was. I didn't know anything. I grew up Catholic. You weren't allowed to talk in church. If you made a little peep, you were asked to leave. That's just the way it was. I grew up my whole life that way. And there's nothing wrong with that way. My family's still Catholic. But I just felt for me, for my purpose, for my destiny, there was something more the Lord had for me. And and I hungered for more. So I had lots of questions (laughs) in the process of learning the prophetic. And some of it would freak me out. And some of it was kind of scary to me at first. But then I was like, I would think about it, and I was like, God, only you would know those things. Only you would know my struggles. Only you would know my personal conversations. Only you would know people in my life. Only you would know every single detail. He knows every hair on your head. Why wouldn't he know your life? Prophecy comes in a form of guidance to let you know that the Lord is still with you and evident to those that he even still exists. Many people question, does he still exist? And let's be real. They all question is, why do you think we have so many atheists? They don't understand that he exists till this day. When you receive a prophetic word, there is a piercing in your heart that occurs. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by Holy Spirit. Amen. Hosea was one of the first ones who began to write down the prophecies. He reigned for like 60 years as a prophet. 60 years is a long time. <laughs> I was reading on his story and I was like, oh my God, 60 years is a long time. Because back, back then, which it should still happen now, they relied completely on the prophetic. They documented what, what the prophets were hearing from heaven. It was written down, the dates and all of that. It was all archived. Even Jesus' coming was prophesied. The whole thing was prophesied to the prophets. They were waiting on the Messiah to come. John the Baptist prophesied it and said, there's going to be one that's going to come that I'm not even, I'm not even worthy of, 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 of tying his, you know, um, his sandals, you know. And, I mean, I can go find the scripture and read it exactly how it is. I'm just kind of flowing this morning. But, but when, 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 you, when you read that in there and him saying it, there's one that's going to come that's going to be greater than me. He was just assigned to prepare that moment. Let's go to the river. Let me baptize you because there's one coming that is greater than even that which God has called me to. John the Baptist was a radical one. (laughs) Go in the cave and eat locusts and honey, right? 
And then we're like, what? <laughs> if he told one of us, go in the cave and eat locusts and honey, we'd be like, wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> I, gotta need, I need a confirmation on that. <laughs> I need to make sure this is you. I don't know about living off locusts. They're kind of like not good. <laughs> they don't taste very good. <laughs> but prophecy is always meant to be so impactful to generations to come. It was always made uh, to bring change and transformation, to keep people on the path to still call out to him, to call out to the Father, to know that we need him still to this day. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and for comfort. That's what the prophecy's for. You should feel strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by the Holy Spirit. Because it says in the word, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Holy Spirit comes, drops something in your spirit, either for somebody, or somebody gives you a prophetic word of your purpose and your destiny. I wanted to die. I did not want to live. And here comes this person who I never met in my life and says, I just see where the enemy's trying to bring death to you. And I'm telling you right now, if you give your life to the Lord, he will transform your life in such a way you have no idea your future. And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea my future. And I sat there as a 15-year-old just walking up and saying, and he's like, do you, want, do you want this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want it. I, don't, I didn't understand what it was about. I had no clue what salvation looked like. I had no clue that it would totally change my life and flip my life upside down. It literally did. And so when I came to that conclusion, I was like, I, I felt inside that I needed to say yes, but in my mind, I wanted to say no, if that makes any sense. Have you ever had those moments? It's like, in my mind, I want to tell you no, <laughs> but inside of me, something inside of me is saying, uh, you're coming to a crossing, and you need to say yes. Amen. And I, had, I literally felt like if I didn't say yes, something really bad would have happened to me. I don't know how to explain it. I, I mean, I know now it was grace. You know what I'm saying? Grace lift was not on, was not covering me anymore because I was in rebellion at that moment of my life. But, but for somebody who didn't know me to speak a word over me, brought me so much hope because I was always brought up to feel alone. So at that moment, I knew God sees me. He, he sent this person in my life who knows nothing about me. And God in heaven, who created the whole world, somehow sees me. Somehow he saw me in such a way that he had somebody in the natural come speak to me about him and stopped everything, stopped the service, so that way he could come and reveal himself to me that there was a purpose and a destiny in my life that I had no understanding of. And that rocked my world. Because immediately when I heard the words come out of the prophet, it, I felt the love of the Father fall on me. Yeah. And it was like, you don't have to live this way. 
You can have your breakthrough. You, you don't have to try to kill yourself anymore. You don't have to be in depression anymore. And people pay thousands of dollars. I can give you statistics of what they pay on an annual basis for medicine to not be depressed. They pay thousands of dollars to therapists. They pay thousands and thousands of dollars for, for their healings through medicine. And here comes this one who gave everything up for you and I and says, I see you. I see you. I saw you the day when I created you in your belly and I put you all together to look a certain way, to have certain arms the way that you have them, to have certain legs that you have them, to have certain. That's why we can't curse ourselves. We can't say, oh, I hate my legs. Oh, I hate these arms. Oh, I hate this hair that you gave me. Oh, I hate this. We do it. You're speaking against his creation. He created you and me. You have to stop doing that. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, Jesus did a great job. God did a great job creating me. And it's not in a prideful sense. It's like, man, he did. Thank you, Jesus, for these legs. Even though they give me some problems sometimes, and I deal with a little bit of issues, but I have legs. You, you see what I'm saying? Like your whole, your whole thing shifts about yourself. We don't have a problem complimenting others. We have a problem complimenting ourselves. We have a problem looking at ourselves through the eyes of the Father. And, 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 and Jeremiah 29, 11 explains it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Let me say that again. Not abandon you. Not abandon you. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you would hope for. He has a good future for you. Where was Jeremiah at this point? Jeremiah was called to be the prophet to the nations. Here comes God telling him, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what your purpose and your destiny is. I'm going to pull you aside. I'm going to speak to you in a way that you understand me, that my thoughts towards you, my plan for your life was written a long time ago. Amen. Why does it say when we get saved, our name goes in the book, right? Because there's a book of your life in heaven. There's things, when it, when it says in the scriptures, and I'll pull it up for you, my, 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 plans, my plans are ordered for you, right? Your footsteps are ordered, right? It says your footsteps are ordered because he already, written, he already wrote them in heaven for you. You know all that he's waiting for is for you to agree with it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the scripture right now because you need to take this, you need to write on a little piece of paper and put it on your refrigerator. <laughs> Here it is. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Proverbs 69 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. 
He knows you and me. He knows if we're going to do it or not do it. (laughs) He's up there in heaven praying for you every day. Jesus is right there with God. He's interceding for you every day, praying for you. He's like, yes, please, this time, just say yes. Yes, this time, please just agree with heaven. Just, Just please agree with heaven, what heaven's speaking over you. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. Heaven's waiting on us. Heaven's sitting there. Then we have the cloud of witnesses that it talks about in Hebrews of of the generals and the people that have gone before us. They're up there too. And they're praying for us too. And they're cheering us on. And they're like, you can do this. You can do this. You were created for this. The enemy will do everything. The devil will do everything he can to make you feel like you weren't created for nothing. But the Lord comes in and says, man, your steps are ordered. I already know you. I know if you're going to turn left, if you're going to turn right, if you're supposed to walk forward. He never tells us to walk backwards. We walk backwards because we choose to walk backwards. But God is always calling us to come forward into our purpose and our destiny. He's calling in the deep parts of us through the prophetic word, through the prophecy, stirring up hope in us to say, he sees me. And then all of a sudden we realize that he's seeing you and you're like, I caught the father's attention. He could, his eyes could be fixed anywhere in the world. But then you come into worship and you're like, I feel him. He sees me. There's something happening in the atmosphere in here. All of a sudden, your heart is tugged. And you feel this love in your heart. And you're like, I remember the first time I walked into presence. And I didn't understand presence of the Lord. And I only knew, like, know your word, study your word, get in the word. And then I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I felt something in the atmosphere. Like, I know what it is now, but back then I didn't know what it was. And I remember sitting and I could feel my heart being tugged, literally. And I just wanted to cry. I remember hearing these songs and I just wanted to weep and cry. And I would get so mad at myself because we don't cry in the religion I was in at that time. We didn't, you weren't supposed to cry, you were supposed to be strong. And I'm like wiping my tears off and I'm like, I'm not supposed to cry. And then, you know, I started to find out it was okay to cry. It was okay to sit in the presence of God. And let him touch you in such a way that you would know he was there with you. There would be no denial to know that he was sitting right there with you. That you would feel his touch in such a way nobody in the world can touch you the way that he does. Nobody. I don't care how good of a spouse you have. I don't care your kids. I don't care your mother, father, your family. They all love you. But nobody touches you in the places deep inside your heart the way the Father does. There's such a connection there that he wants to have with you. That words on a book are not going to get it to you. It's words on a book coming alive inside of you. That you begin to know that what he spoke and wrote when the prophets wrote those words in the Bible that they were meant to fly off the Bible to come hit your heart 
and that the Holy Spirit would come and give you understanding of what the scriptures really mean. That's why we need Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, when he left, says, I'm going to leave you Holy Spirit, and greater things will you do. Why greater? Because we have Holy Spirit with us. And we can't do nothing without the Holy Spirit. We can't go and create our own purpose and destiny. I've seen it over and over again. People that are famous, they weren't supposed to be where they're at right now. They weren't supposed to be rich. They weren't supposed to have all this money. They weren't supposed to be successful. Because if you look at their stories, I love to read the stories of people's lives. And I love to read them because I want to see the process of their purpose and their destiny. See, they, some of them, they don't know that it's the Lord that caused them to do what they did. They think it was just them and they're, they were great at something. <laughs> it wasn't them that they were great at something. It was the greatness that was put inside of them when they were born, that they step into what they were created to do. And so we pray for those people who are like, give credit to God, give glory to God, give glory and honor to the Lord in those moments of achievements because it's part of your purpose and your destiny, the success you have in your life. It's what he created you to do. There was this, you know, there's soccer players that didn't, in their region where they grew up at, they didn't have any soccer being taught to them. And somehow, they taught themselves how to play soccer. This one young man, I'm trying to remember his name right now, I believe he was an Indian descent. And he didn't know anything about soccer, but something inside of him said, I want to learn this. So he began to teach himself. And all of a sudden, he becomes this famous soccer player, gets picked up from where he lives at, put in a region where they could teach him and he can move in the fullness of what he was created to do. And all of a sudden, he flourishes and becomes this famous soccer player. And I look at people's destinies and I'm like, only you could do that, God. Whether they know it or not, only you know that you created them to do this. There was something that was placed inside of them of seeds when they were born that had already declared. Heaven had already declared over them when it, it, they declare over you and me that when we're born, you're, they're speaking over you. Heaven is. Oh, that one's going to be a teacher. Oh, that one's going to be a prophet. Oh, that one's going to be a seer prophet. Oh, this one right here. Oh, they're going to be an amazing worshiper for my kingdom. And then they speak it over you. Heaven does when you're born. And then if, you, if, 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 if you're not cultivating that in your, in your bringing up, he'll move you to places to cultivate the very thing he created you to do. That's why some of you are even in this building today. That's why he plucked us from Texas and brought us here. Because there's something inside of you that the Lord has already spoken over your life of your purpose and your destiny that God wants to pull it out of you. And the only way it will come out of you is by having certain people in your life for certain times. Um, we're going to have our pastor come 
guess what? <laughs> he had to work with me because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I would come so timid to him, and I'm like, Pastor, can I speak to you for a moment? And he's like, yes, what's going on? I just see this, but I don't know what it means. You, you could just share it if you want. You know, whatever you want to do with it, I'm just telling you what I see in worship, and you do whatever you want with it. And then he would pull me aside, and he was all, no. He's like, I didn't see it. You saw it. And I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to speak. I was a person in the back, very quiet. I know, you are having a hard time believing that. <laughs> I would try to hide. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good back here with my little Bible, being a little good Christian. I'll just sit back here. Nobody see me, please. I would always sit in the very back. And somehow my name got called up. And he would call me up. And I did not want to be behind that pulpit, I promise you. All my life, I did not want to be behind the pulpit. And God is hilarious because he'll put you in the places where you don't want to be. <laughs> The very thing you're fighting right now in your life is the very thing you, is where you're probably supposed to be and you're probably supposed to do. I'm just being transparent. I fought it for a long time, but the Lord was like, no. I had to bring you around people to teach you what I created you to do in your life. And because of that, the prophecy, the prophetic had to be taught to me then so I could be here with you now to talk about this with you. Do you understand like how deep the father is about his steps are ordered for you means? He'll move you. He'll shift you. You'll make, you were going to another church and now you had to switch churches and he'll take you on this journey and you're like being tugged everywhere and you're like, God, what are you doing in my life? He's like, I'm positioning you where you're supposed to be because there's a purpose and a destiny that I need to send people to help steward inside of you and you wouldn't have done it in other places you were comfortable. So now I'm going to send you somewhere else where it may be a little uncomfortable, but it's because it's for your own good. It's for your growth. It's so that way who I called you to be will begin to come up and out of you. That's the true thing God does. I went from Texas to Alabama, then from Alabama. We were there almost four years, and I had to pick up some things. We always talk about that. God will send you somewhere to pick up something and to deposit something. You're here to pick up something. And that something is for your purpose and your destiny. There's things being unveiled to you every time you come in this place. And he's, he's unveiling something new in the prophetic, in prophecy to you. He's letting you see a little bit more every time you come. And he's like, oh, wait, there's something else. And just when you think you know everything, right? <laughs> I know what the Lord's thinking. <laughs> nope, sorry. He'll shift and move everything all of a sudden on you. And you're like, what in the world, Jesus? And so it's fun. If you let it be fun. If you focus too much on it, you're, you, you will have a hard time. Okay, I just pulled up some scripture. Hold on. Just work with me this morning. 
The prophecy stirs up hope. Hope has to be in our life every day. That's what the enemy is after all the time. He, he causes, he wants to cause you to be hopeless. To not believe in anything anymore. Because when you stop believing in something, you give up. And, you, and your life changes. This is up. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To a living hope. When something's alive, it's moving. There is life in it. <laughs> he died for us to have a living hope. He was resurrected that we could taste some of the resurrection in our own lives that there's a living hope inside me and you we don't feed only on his death but we feed on the life of his resurrection that he was resurrected resurrected for me and you and so we take the resurrection and we say thank you god that you resurrected for us why? So we could have a living hope. So we don't become a hopeless generation. Romans 15, 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. That's why the prophets came. That's why they released prophetically. Because we saw it evident through history in scripture that a prophet would say something, boom, it would come to pass. They would, they would say something else, boom, it would come to pass. Right now, it's a little shaky in the world with prophecy. I'm being honest. But when the real prophets are in office... It's meant to change the world. It's meant to cause change and transformation for hope, not only in a house, but for the nations. Because it says in the word, ask me for the nations and I'll give them to you. Why does he say that? Because there's something of prophecy for the nations he will put in your belly at times that he will share his secrets with his friends. Psalms 39, 7 says, and now, O Lord, for what I, what, what do I, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Why, why are we all waiting? <laughs> if our hope is in him, he's really trying to teach us right now how to step in, in faith in things. Even in the prophetic, you have to step out in faith. You have to trust in the Lord in such a way that when you speak as an ambassador on his behalf, even in the prophetic, that you're trusting in him, that he's filling your mouth and he's filling your belly with his goodness. And your heart is pure that when you release those words to a person, to a city, to a region, or to a nation, that some type of change happens. It goes into the atmosphere. It penetrates people's hearts. And change comes in. And then it stirs up hope again in you and me. Amen. You know, there's words that my family has gotten 
and they haven't come to pass yet. But I don't, I'm not discouraged in those words not coming to pass. And let me tell you why. Because I trust in the Lord that the timing of those words is going to be so precise of the Father. That when it happens, it's going to look way better than I could ever imagine. And when those words come to pass, all I'm going to do in that is every time the enemy tries to whisper something different than the word that was spoken prophetically over my sons, over my husband, over our family, I, 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 I speak against it. And I say, oh, no, devil. <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar this was prophesied and this will happen because th these are your steps that were ordered in this house Amen. there's writings in heaven that still have not come to pass in our lives of our steps being ordered and he's he's gonna send them and and let them happen at certain times of your life and you cannot be discouraged when that word I, there's words I got maybe 10 years ago, and I'm just now seeing them. But I hold on to them, and I put them in my hand, and I say, I know this was moments with you, Lord, that you released them from heaven so I would have hope inside my belly to know what you spoke then. Well, maybe it's a now time for that to come through. And then you start seeing the Lord put the bits and pieces together for that prophetic word to flourish and come true in your life. And you're like, oh, yeah, the Lord did speak this 10 years ago, five years ago. Sometimes he'll speak prophetic words and you'll see him the next day. Not are for a long time, but he's teaching you in the prophetic to stir up hope in you to trust in him. Because he knows what your life's supposed to be created to do. So he may, in the beginning, he may speak a prophetic word, and then boom, you'll see it happen right away. I've, seen, I've We've had people call us up, and maybe a new job is prophesying to them, and they're like, the next week, they got the new job with a raise and everything. They're, God is just like that. He causes things to happen in such a great timing, and it's all to stir up hope inside of you, that you don't become a hopeless generation. So the prophetic is extremely important right now. We can't go by the ways of the world because we will be confused. We will be lost. But if we look at heaven's view, which is from up high, and when you look at things from up high down to the earth, your perspective begins to change, and you don't look at things the same. You don't look at things as discouraging. You don't look at things as, oh, the enemy's winning in our nation. No, he thinks he's winning in our nation. <laughs> he thinks he's winning. But God has the last say-so on every single part of our lives, every single part of our cities and our regions and our nations. And I'm telling you what, the Lord is so faithful in that. Let's just stand this morning. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. We sang about that earlier. 
about his love and how much he loves us. That he gives us little nuggets here and there. You know, this, this morning, I, I didn't know what she was going to share on because that was all from the cloud. <laughs> um, but it kind of, kind of just resonates in my spirit. You know, I, I would, I've been pondering the thought and asking the Lord about what does it look like to have eyes of the kingdom? And, and this morning I was going to share a little bit about the eyes of the kingdom. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to save that for another day. But, but to have eyes of the kingdom is it's to have eyes for humanity. It's to have eyes for humanity. And see, when we serve a king, we serve the king of kings, which means in order for there to be a king, there has to be a kingdom. And if a king has eyes, that means whatever he sees is what the kingdom sees. Therefore, we're to have the eyes of the kingdom. And I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what, it would, it look, what would it look like to have eyes of the kingdom? Like, show me in Scripture who had eyes for the kingdom. And he, he, he took me to Abraham. And he says... Abraham had to watch his son walk up the mountain carrying the wood that he was going to use to sacrifice and burn offering. But see, Abraham didn't just see his son carrying the wood. He saw with the eyes of the kingdom because he knew no matter what was going to happen, that he would be resurrected. In the kingdom, you don't see but what he sees. And the Lord was only looking for the willing vessel. Abraham, will you do it? Will you lay down the thing you love the most? Will you lay down the thing you love the most? And he says, I will, God. Because he had eyes. See, the kingdom doesn't see the death. It saw the resurrection. <laughs> Enoch. I know you look in the Word, there's not very much you'll find. But there is oh, several verses that talks about this. There's a verse where he, he began to speak with Adam. And Adam's asking, what was it like to walk with God? You see, Enoch said, he, for 300 years, he walked, in, he walked with, with God, the Father. That the glory of the Lord, that, that he had to take him to be with him because he would have lived forever. He would have lived forever because the glory that was on his life, he would never see death. To have eyes of the kingdom is to have eyes of resurrection. So that means everything that we see, everything we speak, should be life. Everything we do should come from that place of the presence of the Lord. 
how we prophesy, everything. This gentleman right here in the white shirt. I just saw the I saw heaven's justice coming upon you. I don't know who you are, sir. I'm, I'm just going to share. Basically, what, what I'm doing right now is I, I'm seeing some things from the Lord and He's showing me. And I'm going to be obedient to share it to you, with you. And I'm going to give you an understanding and interpretation as the Lord gives it to me to help you understand it. But I saw... Well, there were some documents. It was almost like they were legal papers. Um, and there were some legal things that was done and uh, unjust towards you. Like whether, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what it was because I don't see that. But it was like there was paperwork that I did and like it was unjust what happened to you. And, and, and then it's almost as if I saw like where the enemy was trying to, steal land from you. I don't know if you had land or you own land or or an inheritance or there was something that happened or or what but but it was almost as if the enemy tried to come and rob you of your land and, and, and in the spirit that means that the enemy was really trying to come and rob you of your promises because see the land represents the territory and it represents where you stand it represents the goodness and the favor of God. And the enemy really, when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the devil, that loser. Tried to rob you of your purpose and your destiny. But I saw heaven's justice coming upon you. You see, you're not here by coincidence. You're not here by, you are here by divine appointment by the Father up above, man. Because I saw the Lord, it was like I, I could see the pin writing, and he's dotting it, and he's crossing the T's. He says, this is the way it was supposed to be. And I really see restoration coming. Um, do you have a daughter? you have a daughter? I just see like the Lord is, I, I don't know what that looks like, but I just see like there's going to be just some healing in that area with your daughter or... Um, just restoration is what I'm seeing. Restoration. So, Lord, re restore. Restore, Lord. And you know you're really called for, for like, I, I see, like, evangelism on you because I saw, like, a motorcycle fly by. So I don't know if you've ever ridden a motorcycle, but in the spirit, the motorcycle represents your independent ministry. Like you have a ministry that the Lord has really called you and, and it may not look like what others think it's going to look like, but it just starts with you saying yes. It could be you going out on an afternoon and feeding people, loving on people, having a meal, shaking handshakes, you know. But there's an anointing on you for that. You know, I came into this little place in Holiday City with a bunch of wackos and Got a big Mexican guy, give me with a goatee, give me a word. But I want you to hear, this is the word of the Lord for you, that he loves you. He really does. That he would send you here for such a time as this. Because today is a moment where you're picking up marching orders for you. Restoration is your portion. Healing in your family. I even feel like the, the healing in the family is going to come with others 
that are they've been there's been some things going on but they're gonna they're, there's gonna be unity that comes like they haven't talked to each other or whatever that's about is that right yeah see I don't know that but Jesus knows that about you because he sees you that's right so good so father I thank you Lord I just ask you, God, that you would seal every word, God. And Lord, whatever wasn't of you, Lord, that it would just fall to the ground. But I just speak, Father, right now, a blessing, encouragement to this gentleman here. Thank you for the privilege and the honor, God, to speak into his life. In Jesus' name. Um, this, this lady that's in the back over here, I saw a measuring tape, and it was almost, and it wasn't like a, a one that you you pull out. It was like one of those ones that they use, like the women would use, like a, a when they do alterations. And I saw like a measuring tape, and I heard like in the language, I can never measure up. I can never measure up. Everybody wants me to be what they want me to be, and I feel I can never measure up. And I heard the Lord say to tell you this. He says, you are perfect. You're perfect the way he made you. I believe it's in Colossians where he says that that I have created a, a tapestry of love. that have been said and spoken and it's really tried to make your heart sick and hope deferred has tried to come but the Lord's going to remove all that today do you believe that? Do you, do, does that make sense to you? Can, I just can I have um, where, where's uh, Pastor Judy can you just, just go over there by her real quick please I just want to have her give, she's going to give you a big mama's hug. Because, yeah, there it is. That's it. Right there. That's it. Lord, release it, God. Release it, God. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do, God. of the kingdom 
The eyes of the king were on her today, on him today, on you and I today. for the gentleman in the back um, and be obedient in that. But I, I saw the Lord come to you like a captain. And when he came up to you, he winked his eye at you. And he just gave you a wink, like a wink like that. And I know to me it doesn't mean anything, but I know to you it does mean something. I remember I had an uncle that would walk by me and he would just wink his eye at me. And I knew everything was like we were good. It was like a, like a love language. And I just felt that that was how the Lord was going to express himself to you. Like he was going to walk by, wink at you and say, hey, I still, I, I'm, I'm right here with you. You're not by yourself. <laughs> and, and he's excited for your future. So, God, I just thank you, Lord. Who, who's having pain right here in your elbow? Come up here. Is there anybody else? It's like right here in the elbow. What he reveals, he heals, right? I like those the best because it means he's showing it. That means he's going to heal it. Let's just say a prayer. Lord, we thank you for seeing us this morning, Lord. That you see our ups, you see our downs, you see every part of us, Father God. You see us for the way that we come, Lord. But I pray today, Lord, that you would help us see ourselves the way you see us, Lord. Help us to see the great purpose, the great destiny that you've spoken already in heaven, Lord, over us, Lord. That our eyes would be open, our ears would be open, Lord, this morning. That we would begin to see and hear the way that you created us to see and hear, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord. Let us be stirred up in hope this afternoon. That if there's anybody hopeless in our midst this afternoon, that you would begin to stir up hope again. Hope is our anchor, Lord. Hope has to be our anchor this season, Lord. That we hold on to, to your robe of righteousness, Lord. And we hold on so tight, Lord, that we would begin to move. When you tell us to move, Lord, and we're obedient in our yes this season, Lord. God, we speak blessings over every person in our midst this morning. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in our life, Lord. Thank you for always showing up for us. Thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us, Lord. Just begin to thank the Lord right there where you're at. Remember those difficult times where he came in and he rescued you. When you were supposed to die and you lived. 
When you were supposed to be sick and he healed you. Begin to thank him right there where you're at. Give him Thanksgiving this afternoon. We don't have to wait for a holiday. We should be in our Thanksgiving to the Lord every day.